welcome to the Generation Freedom Podcast. I'm Nady, I'm your host. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Houston, Texas. On the podcast each week, we're going to explore all things mental health, finding life balance, wellness, and interpersonal relationships. This platform is for those of us working towards becoming the best versions of ourselves that we've ever been. And just by the way, I really hope you enjoy the content on this podcast, but please know what you hear on this platform is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Okay, let's get started. This is going to be a really special conversation. I'm excited to introduce you guys to Dr. Edders. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She's a board certified acupuncturist, herbalist. She's a certified Reiki master and so many other things. She actually specializes in women's health, pregnancy and fertility and pain management, weight loss, Reiki, emotional, spiritual wellness, so many things. This conversation is really important to me because I really wanted a way to introduce you guys to the idea of health from a different perspective, the idea of your spiritual well-being from a professional practitioner's perspective. This is going to be really, really interesting for you. I really hope you learn something from it. And I really hope you see the idea that there are many different ways to find healing and there are many different ways to approach your own health and this is just a way that maybe we as black people or even in different communities of color that we don't talk about very often and i think that having this conversation and and with this person will really help open your eyes to some new ideas so definitely let me know what you learned. And if you could do me a really huge favor, I would really, really love it if you are enjoying this podcast and the content content we're producing over here. If you could please review us on Apple Podcasts and give us five stars or however many you think we deserve and give us a review and definitely share this episode. Please, please, please share this episode with one person that you think could really use the information and really could help. So I will not make you wait any longer and we can jump right in to this episode. Okay, Jordan, welcome. Dr. Edders, welcome. How are you? Thanks for being here. I'm doing well, Nady. How are you? I'm doing wonderful on this Monday morning. I'm really happy to have you here. I think you're area of expertise and stuff is going to be really cool for people to hear about. So I'm actually excited to learn some stuff myself thus far. All these interviews I've been doing, I've been like learning all kinds of things. So, and I know you have a lot to share and a lot to teach. So I'm hyped. (laughs) So, okay. I'd love for you to introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about you, your journey to becoming natural medicine doctor expert, And also, like, just give us a little bit about, like, what is natural, Eastern, whatever the proper terminology is, medicine that you are a practitioner of? Yes. So, basically, my name is Dr. Jordan Edders. I practice acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and I'm a licensed acupuncturist in the state of Texas. And I got on this journey 
in order to help people without using pharmaceuticals. When I was growing up, I used to hear a lot about people having high blood pressure, being on blood thinners, blood pressure medication, diabetes, cancer, all mm-hmm. kinds of chronic disorders, chronic pain, just right. a lot of stuff that was just plaguing, you know, people that look like me, people of color, black people, you know, whatever you want right. to call us. Mm-hmm. And I'm from a, a Clarksville, Texas. It's a small town. And it's a rural town, actually. It's like about two hours east of Dallas. Oh, wow. So, I don't think I knew that, that you were from a small town. Oh, yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, you, yeah, you probably didn't know. So I was growing up seeing all these different things, especially in my family. My dad's side of the family, there was always, you know, this obesity issues with food and the whole list of cardiovascular issues. And, you know, still to this day, cardiovascular issues are the number one cause of death still in the United States. Mm -hmm. And it still seems to affect people that look like us. But anyway, I would see all this stuff. And then, of course, my mom, she's always into making natural things. She wanted to make sure that we were eating the right foods. I remember one time she just like completely cleaned out the whole kitchen. One time I was like, nope, we're not going to have any of this mess anymore. <laughs> None of these sodas. Oh, wow. <laughs> she, like, we started eating like, like healthy stuff, pita bread, bean sprouts. You know, she was like, wow, it know, just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, for me, I was in like elementary school and all of a sudden she just went on this health kick. And so we were going, we were always going to the health food store, but then she started just piecing all this stuff together. So I was always at the health food store with her looking at all of these different things that could help people that have chronic disease. So, you know, when you're looking down the aisles and it says, oh, this helps for heart, this is heart health, this is kidney, liver health, you know, all these different things. I'm like, wow, you know, look at this stuff. And mm. look at all the things that we can use that come from nature. Oh, this natural stuff, yeah. right? But yeah. I didn't quite know mm-hmm. how I was going to piece this together yet. So I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't quite know how do I put this, you know, natural part with the traditional pharmaceutical geared Western medicine, how they're set up. How do I navigate mm-hmm. this? So I was going to these different health food stores with her. And so I'm looking at all the products and there are things that come from nature that can help with all of these things that I'm seeing that are happening to people in my family and to people in my community. And I'm just looking at it like, like, why is this not something that people just do all the time? Why is it just, you know? Right. Why isn't it more common? Yeah. Why is it, yeah, why is it not? Yeah, exactly. Why is it not common? So I carried that with me. And I was like, you know, I really do want to be a medical doctor and I'm just going to go for it. So, of course, time goes on. I kind of lose that natural side, but I still keep up with getting supplements and things like that and trying to eat healthy as possible. But, you know, when you go to college, it's like that goes out the window. (laughs) But anyway. So I started my first degree of biology at Prairie View A&M. And, you know, that was when the passion came back. But first, so actually I started as a nursing student at Prairie View. 
and thinking that I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking that I was going to, you know, work as a nurse for a little bit. This is just me, high school mindset, right? Going into college. I'm going to work right, as a nurse Right, like I first. know this is what I want to do. Then I'm going to go back to school and be a doctor. I'm going to work first, make some money. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, thinking. you had a plan. She had, had a plan. This, I had this like grandiose plan. I don't know where it came from anyway. Then first year, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait. I got to switch over so I can actually have all of the credits that I need if I want to go to medical school. Anyway, I did that, switched off to biology, did that whole thing, even studied, did all the MCAT stuff, studied for everything. And then I just hit this wall and it was like, no, it's just like spirit was like, no, you're not doing this. And I was like, what? I'm not doing this. Right, trying to listen, trying to listen, right? Like, what? What do you mean? Because every time I picked up a book to study for the MCAT, I even studied for the DAT to go to dental school. I was trying to get myself options. Yeah. And everything that I kind of picked up, it was like, nope, 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 nope. And I'm like, well, what the hell? (laughs) You know? So I do all this stuff and, uh, you know, I come to this conclusion. I was like, okay, I just need to take a break and just work. So I taught for a year at Preview in the lab, taught the lab courses, biology lab courses, helped out with some nursing stuff. Yeah, it was really really fun. That was one thing that I really did enjoy and I wouldn't actually mind doing it again. But anyway, I did that. And then that year was complete. Was like, I was just doing all kinds of stuff. I actually started the MBA program. Mm -hmm. Because I had a plan, right? Wow. Yeah. I yeah. Actually started that so you, you were doing all kinds of things. Yeah, I was doing all kinds of stuff. Like I think it was just that it's like that path that you have sometimes when things didn't, when something, like when your mind literally just st- like shifts and you, your whole life, you think you're going to do this. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden it just stops and it's like, no. And so I'm sitting here trying to really figure out what is it that I'm going to do. So I started working at this chemical lab Mm -hmm. in Channel View, whatever, testing stuff for them, certifying and make sure it was good to go out. You know, it's like oil and gas type stuff, antifreeze, all these different chemicals. I'm not into that. You know, (laughs) I didn't care. I'm just working, you know. Then at that point, it was like, that was when I was like, this is not enjoyable. I don't like this. This is not what I'm here to do. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I need to get into this whole natural medicine thing that I was looking at to begin with. So I start searching and I see that, you know, there's an acupuncture school in Houston. And I was like, cool. I don't have yep. to leave the city. Because after I graduated from Prairie View, I stayed in Houston. So it's like, mm-hmm. you go to Prairie, you really don't leave. So it's like, <laughs> once they right. get you, they get you. <laughs> right. They keep you locked in. They keep you locked in. They keep you locked in into the city. But So I was like, you know what? I don't have to leave Houston. I don't have to uproot myself. I don't have to do all this different stuff. I can go to school here, do this thing. Didn't know anything about acupuncture. I heard of it and I looked it up, you know, I thought it was, you know, it would be a really good thing. Just hadn't experienced it for myself, but I jump into this program while I'm still working at this chemical plant (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I started the program 
And that's how, you know, I got into this whole thing. And of course I had my own health issue starting 2020, which actually started oh, when right. I was my, my senior year in high school, but we didn't know what to call mm-hmm. it. But they ended up diagnosing me with Graves' disease, which is, uh, was, which was, you know, they classify as autoimmune disyorder where it makes your thyroid oh, wow. hyperactive. So I dealt with that wow. from like 2010 wow. to 2015. And so that's how I really got onto this whole thing, you know, wanting to know what I could do for myself from a natural perspective, because the doctors always told me that the medication is time. You're on a timeline when you're, when you take the medication, you can only take some of the medications for like five years because they have to constantly check your liver and, you know, check where your liver is at, kidney function, because the medication. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How like the medication can almost like hurt you, right? It can yeah, almost be bad for you yeah. yeah. So I was like, while what? it's helping another part of your body, it'll deteriorate a different part of your body. Exactly. That was a turning that point was- for me. And that was when I realized I was like, I don't think that I can move in the capacity that I need to if I even become a medical doctor, because I don't feel like I have the tools that I need to actually help somebody get away from the diagnosis that they were told they had. Because that was my goal. Exactly. I don't want people to be diagnosed with stuff. I don't want them to have to be classified with this for the rest of their life. Why? Mm-hmm. When somebody has a disease, it's just saying dis-ease. Their body is in dis-ease. It's not easy. It's not going in the right direction. How can wow. we put it, them in the wow. right direction? How do we help this person? Okay, yes, they, we call it this. This is what's happening to their body. We're going to call it that. But why do we have to call them this for the rest of their life? That was, that's exactly. what I don't label get. This is now who you are. Like, this is, right, it's almost, it's now part of your identity. This is who you are, you know. Like, yes, and I, I'm and, diabetic. Yes, and like, what is that? When you say, I am attached to this thing. Now it's who you are. Right. Now you're telling your body that you're not functioning. You're never going to function at the capacity that you're supposed to. And that's not true. Terrible. Yeah, it's a really awful way to see yourself and see your body. I actually do the same thing, like mental health wise. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing with telling people to say, maybe you have depression right now, but you are not depressed. You know what I mean? You're Sandra. You're not depressed. You're not bipolar. You have bipolar disorder right now. Yes. Yes. Your body is just in It's different to identify with the disease, to identify. Your body is in a place of dis-ease. It's not forever. But that was what was going to be classified for me. I was going to be Graves' disease for the rest of my life. I was going to have to get my thyroid removed or deactivated radioactively for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, that was wow. the first doctor I that ever to. The first endocrinologist said, you're going to have to get, we can just, we can do surgery now. I was 20 years old. Mm. So you're going to take a, a, oh my God. A, a, such an important part of my body, a, an important part of my hormone Early. system, reproductive system, because it still plays into your reproductive uh, right. hormones. This early in it's your life. early in the game. And mm-hmm. I know people that this has happened to earlier than that. So Of course, of course. Yeah. 
Wow. So it was really like a, a bit of a, a twisty, turny little journey to get you where you are now. Like yeah. you had that little bit of experience, like with your mom, you know, and like realizing, OK, this is natural. There's this stuff in existence. But it sounds like you just had a lot of resistance to it. You went to school and you were like, this is the journey you're supposed to. You know, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. So you go to medical school like this is what you're supposed to do. But for some reason, it just was not clicking for you. And like you kept hitting a wall, hitting a wall because it wasn't you were supposed to be doing it didn't it it didn't really match up with who you were and what you knew to be true Mm -hmm. that's pretty wild that it happened that way so I mean now that you're this person you've created this new lifestyle this new way of being especially with your own turning point with your own medical issues right Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to tell people that are listening a little bit of the difference now. Now that we're here, I know we hear the term like alternative medicine. We hear mm-hmm. Eastern medicine, homeopathy, holistic medicine, like all these terms. Like what are those things that they are different from each other? And then like the idea of traditional Western, what we know as medical doctors, like you mm-hmm. said, treating things with medication. How would someone understand the difference between those things? Because I know I hear the word alternative medicine, or that's what I say right. in my head. And I know recently you corrected me. So like, I'd love for people to also, you know, understand that part. Right. So I guess I'll start off with what I'm in, the Eastern medicine first. So with Eastern medicine, mm-hmm. it is based, of course, Eastern side of the world. It is not necessarily just China, just Asia, even though when we see Eastern medicine, of course, I was trained traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture and all of that. But when we go through the history of medicine, everything from Eastern medicine is we're going to be talking about Asia, the continent of Asia. We're going to be talking about India, the continent of Africa. We're going to be talking about a whole system of things that have been going on. But when it comes to Eastern medicine, it's going to be holistic. So we're talking about the whole entire body. We're saying spiritual, emotional, physical, all the way down to the cellular level. When we do our diagnosis, we're doing things based off of we are feeling your pulse not just for your heart rate, not just for the beats per minute, but we want to feel the actual, what does it actually feel like? Is it spongy? Is it tight? Is it, can we not, do we have to press deep to feel it? So all those different things, the quality of the pulse can tell us what is going on in your body. So we look at your tongue, we look at your eyes, we look at your face, we look at the skin, your texture, it gives us these clues on what has been happening to your body from the inside out. Everything that's going on in your body is going to manifest on your outside appearance. We're even going to look at like your color, your skin, not your skin, like not the color that you're, that you were born with, but we're talking about what like underneath there, do you have enough blood? Like is a person ashen, you know, mm. you know, all of these different, wow. th- you know, are they red, you know, what's happening? Because even with the, the darkest of us, you can have a hue to you that is not natural to you at that point. You know, if something's going on in your body, you'll still look like... And you can tell that yeah, there's something Yeah, I can still... Yeah, you can. So we learn how to look at you, for one, just look at you. And then there's the... We even smell you, not literally go up and sniff you, but if you come into the room and we can notice that there's an odor, 
then we know that there's something happening in your body that like like a foul odor you know sometimes even a sweet odor will let us know some things as well but like i said there's a holistic perspective to it so we also go through these whole questioning things so we're going to ask you like a million questions you know how's your bowel movement how's your how's your sleep been how's your urination what color is it does it have a smell you know all right it all plays a role yeah, it all plays I'm a sure role. It's like, that makes you sense know, to me that it would all play a role yeah it's like do you have specific cravings you know what taste do you like those all give us clues to what is happening in different organs each organ we learn that each organ has its own thing so like your heart so the liver is going to be more affected by anger and when like if you're more that's your emotion is to be more angry when things happen or if you get more anxious then the heart is going to be affected if there's fear involved the kidneys start to be affected there's worry the spleen stomach start to become an issue so and then with grief so we go through we ask all these Whoa, things how are your emotions each organ yeah each organ so your lungs are affected by grief and so if you notice that you see somebody that's experiencing extreme grief they have lung issues they might even have lung cancer so we learn all of these things and piece it together because we have to look at the person from what has happened to them from a whole, even starting out congenitally. So we even go back and say, well, you know, how's it healthy your parent? And then, you know, have you had any previous life traumas? We have to know all of these things in order to help this person move forward. So that's the, that's in a way how we work. Now, when right, you that's on, the holistic aspect. Yeah, so of looking it. at the whole entire perspective, and it takes time. It, we'll talk with you hour and a half, sometimes to all the way to two hours in the first session, just because we need to know all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Then each session after that is, if you if you use the acupuncture as the part, the Eastern medicine that you want to use, your session is going to be fifty minutes after for each follow up because we have to spend the time kind of asking you how, how did everything go, all this. Anyway, then there's other parts of Eastern medicine. So of course you have your acupuncture, you have cupping, um, which is the, you know, the suction cups that you put on the body to help release muscle tension and things like that. Then you have moxibustion, mm-hmm. which is burnt, like you're burning mugwort. So if you look it up online, it's mm-hmm. like you can find it in either cones or like they'll roll it up to, into little rolls like cigars. They look like mm-hmm. little cigars. Mm-hmm. And when you light it, you actually put that over the affected area of the body. You don't. We in the United States, we don't actually burn. We don't touch the area. But yeah. there are techniques in, in China that they do to actually burn like like kind of like touch a point on the body. But anyway, wow. there's, there, there's some therapeutic parts to the actual burning. Anyway, mm-hmm. we don't do that mm-hmm. here, but mm-hmm. putting it over those areas can actually influence healing to a certain area as well. But anyway, so we do the moxibustion. Moxibustion is like a major part of Chinese medicine. Then you have your herbology, of course. That's a major, major part. Of and course. That's know, more the homeopathy kind of part to things, right? Yeah, in a way, yes, because we're, we are using herbs and sometimes we are using minerals and things like that. 
in a formula. So the difference with us is in versus say Western herbology is that with us in herbology, we're going to use it in a formula. So think of it like an equation. So I'm going to put these two herbs together and I want, or most of the time we have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight herbs in a formula, but each one is working in with each other in harmony. So one is going to offset the negative effects of the others, while the main herbs are going to be used to work on the main condition. Then there's some other herbs that we add in to work on some of the, the underlying things that are happening. So let's say if you have pain. Mm -hmm. It's more of a custom situation. Yeah, Everybody so, wouldn't have yeah. the same set no, of no, things no. based on their body, their situation, their history. It's going to be different combinations. Right. Huh. Yeah. So that's what you get when you do Eastern medicine. You get a customized situation. So then when we move from herbs, you also have the gua sha. So a lot of people have seen, you know, where people are doing the facial gua sha, where they use like I a little a jade tool and you're actually, you know, kind of scraping over the skin. We also have some more therapeutic uses on the body for it as well to help release muscle tension. But also we use it to help people who are coming down with a cold or flu. And it helps release that, those toxins that are building up. And it actually helps. Yeah, when you do the gua sha, it vents. So it brings the blood up to the surface and it opens the pores up so that whatever was inside, underneath your skin and in your blood circulation can come up to the surface. And, and sort of release, maybe. Yeah, it helps release anything that's going on in the body. Oh, that is so cool. Gua sha yeah. is something that I was interested in trying, but I wasn't sure the different uses and purposes. I didn't want to go and try it just to try it. But mm -hmm. I, I did want to know like what it could heal to know, you know, next time I experience something like that or feel mm -hmm. something coming on, that would be a good yeah. uh, method to you. I've even done gua sha to help somebody with like they have like um, allergies and asthma and we can do it over the chest to help open up that, the, because it's a it's based on a channel theory too. So that's when you're, when mm -hmm. we're talking about Eastern medicine, we're also talking about the meridians and the channels that run through our body. That, and some of them actually run into the fascia. Some of them are superficial. So like right on top, mm -hmm. like right, you know, on that first layer of your skin, and then some of them go deeper. And then some of them connect each of your organs together. And it's different from your nervous system. It's different from that but it tunes into that. So that's how when we have certain acupuncture points to use, we can help your nervous system connect or communicate with other areas of your body to also induce healing as well. Communicate with mm -hmm. it. And so yes, another put thing- put them in conversation with each other. Yes, and so that, that leads me to talking about Qigong and Tai Chi, which are the movements. So with this medicine that we use as well with this whole system since it's eastern medicine is a it's a complete system on its own so not only do we do the acupuncture the herbs the moxibustion and you know the cupping and all of that but we also tell you how to move your body in order to regulate those channels and those meridians and also you can oh. there's certain movements that you can do with your body to even stop your like help somebody who's coughing or having some lung issues, you can do certain movements to help with that. 
to help move help move that stuff out of the channel. But like, so for instance, with Qigong, you're going to be doing specific movements for each organ system. So there's a movement for each one. With Tai Chi, that is like, it. Tai Chi and Qigong are very, very similar. Tai Chi is going to also do a similar thing. It's going to, mm-hmm. you're going to be moving a lot more with Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. It's very slow movements, intricate, but it's helping to make sure that your joints are moving properly and getting lubricated. It helps your muscles. Okay. It, in some ways, it can also be a very, it's really good for cardiovascular health as well. So, and that, that can be medicine on its own, just movement. So sometimes I do prescribe people to do Qigong if I know that a certain organ is out of balance. And then... Wow. Yeah. And so the difference... So, and then, well, in comparison to like Western medicine or what we call like modern medicine, Mm. you know, we're using... Modern's probably a good word, right? Yeah. Because it's so old. Like Eastern medicine is so ancient. Yeah. Yeah. So I I like to, yeah, I say like modern medicine because there's a lot of technology used and, and it's good in a way when it's used the right way, you know, it's really, it's really helpful, especially if there's an emergency that's happened, an accident, you know, things like that, because yes, you want, yeah, you want, if you need to see into the body, you know, if you need an MRI, you need an x-ray, you know, all these different things and ultrasound, all this to see what's going on. You want to run some tests to see what's in the body, what's causing this, whatever. We want to know right away, or you even have a medication that can stop somebody from having a heart attack or a stroke right away. You know, of course. those things are things we still need that. But the difference sometimes is that with modern medicine is that it takes the the practitioner away from that yeah that more intimate setting where you can actually connect with the patient you know and actually have time to really check in and see what's going on really go through those those questions and and the the touching and the 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 asking and you know looking at the tongue looking at the pulse that's not a part of modern medicine that much anymore. You know, they used to, you know, look at the tongue. Doctors used to actually look at the tongue. And it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's so much technology used now that it's always about, well, we got to look at these labs before we can make a determination. Even if all of the signs and symptoms match up to this particular syndrome or whatever, it's still like, right. okay, we still have to, or we have to do this protocol. We have to go through this first. Right, right. You know? Versus the actual care. And yeah. Like what is the, what yeah. Sometimes I need? don't. What is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more geared towards a, a lot of it. I, you know, and I'm not a medical doctor in that sense. So I can't really speak up for them. But from my perspective, sometimes a lot of the times the pharmaceutical drugs are used way too much for long-term solutions. You know, Western medicine, modern medicine, whatever you want to call it, is works very well for short-term things. So when you need something done right now, this is urgent, this person needs help right now in order for us to preserve their life, we need to do this. 
But for long-term things, when we're talking about, you know, the chronic illnesses, chronic conditions, autoimmunity, heart disease, cancer, that is not right. only the option. Those lifestyle changes. Oh, yes, you don't, that shouldn't be the right. only thing. It, need, it's, it needs, there needs to be some like pluralism here. So there needs to be Eastern and Western medicine used in together for each patient, really. It shouldn't be mm. an option. Every right, patient right. should be able to use these in conjunction to they should have a, a wellness team. So it would be good if everything was more holistic, right? Like we can yeah. treat you with the the modern medicine. We're gonna look like you said, look inside the body, do all the tests, do all these mm-hmm. things. And if there's something really severe or crisis, like obviously we have medication, obviously we have all these things. And now to maintain your health and improve it over time, then to introduce these more Eastern concepts and these more, these holistic concepts so that you can maintain a little bit better and get healthier Mm -hmm. and healthier and not just like sort of, because I feel like what happens is the like again thinking about like high blood pressure or like just those diseases that are very common with people of color it's like a maintenance thing like we're just going to keep you roundabout here it's not going to really get better but it shouldn't get worse if you take this versus like decreasing the symptoms like let's get rid of it can let's go ahead and try to get rid of it with these other methods not just like maintaining with medication that seems counterproductive the conversation should be, okay, you're going to have to take this medicine now, but you need to be, we need to get you off of it by this time frame. And these are the things that you're going to have to do in order to get off of this. This is your homework. And what right. I see a lot of the time is we have created this, this dependency culture with people handing over their health care to someone else when in fact, you still have to go home and do your own work. You know, it's your body. You know what's best for you still at the end of the day. So there needs to be more teaching involved too. And I guess it's like, if <laughs> I know like, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, that's a loaded term too. I don't like to even use it, but it's like, if you put somebody on the medication, <laughs> They got to use it for the rest of their life. So you've made a customer for life. Versus, right, right. That is the thing, right. And it's like, sometimes to me, it's like, dang, this is like more fear-based medicine than anything. Right. That's big pharma for you, though. Yeah, like, big pharma is all about keeping people on medication. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, it's controlled by big pharma versus controlled by doctors who actually want to see people get well. And I know for a fact that there are doctors, there are medical doctors, there are doctors of osteopathy that want to see their patients get well and not have to be in, come in every six months, every year, having to do the same medication. Really? You have to, we got to do the same thing for you. I agree. I agree. I know, I know doctors as well. It's like, that's not really the goal, but it's almost like the way that the culture is in the medical mm-hmm. field, they're like forced, like keep this like cycle of like repetition going and stuff. And when you talk about like dependency and like culture and like, I heard quick fix, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Medication is the quick fix usually to help temper it for now and mm-hmm. so people want to rely on that because like well it works so this is what I'm going to use when you think about 
like 2021, everybody wants the quickest solution. Everybody wants immediate satisfaction and stuff. Do you think that has something to do with like people of color being resistant to this type of like natural medicine or like have people started coming around more to the idea of doing mm-hmm. both? Where do you think you've seen people like, especially like on social media, cause you're, you're really active over there. What do you see? I actually think that saying, I think that it's false that people of color don't want to do natural medicine because if we go back to our roots, that was what we had was natural in African culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what we Mm -hmm. had. So it's like, we're just reclaiming or going back to the things that were natural to us, what we did, you know, we're reclaiming that ancestral knowledge. And I'm seeing that more happening. I'm seeing it more. And I, and, you know, I could be biased because just because I'm, I'm in this field, I feel like, you know, that's what I see. But I'm seeing more people look like me coming into the clinic to get, right. get a, you know, to, yeah. to get an, another, another view, you know, to see another part of healthcare and what that really means. Because, and you know, that's interesting when you say that too, because I know, you know, old folks, like they don't actually like taking medication, right? I feel like most people are like, oh, I don't want to get addicted. I don't want to take this. I don't want to take that. And like, I don't need no ibuprofen. I'll, you know, like suffer through the headache or like whatever, right? Like I do know, <laughs> right. Rub some dirt on it, whatever. And it'll be fine. I'll get some Vicks. I'll put some Vicks on it. It'll be fine. Right. So I do know like that, like I think of my father is like who pops into my head. Like he just, I got high cholesterol. Okay. I'm gonna stop eating fried chicken. Then I'm not, I'm not taking that medication. Like I'll just stop. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Like I'll eat more blueberries. Don't worry. I'm not going, I'll take walks. (laughs) I'm not about to take this medication. So I mean, maybe you're right. Like it is more that like ancient, like that mindset coming back to us. Cause, cause naturally we are not inclined to take it. Right. Especially when I think about the older generation, like they don't even want to do it. So the natural way it's adding up, it's adding up in my head is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm connecting the dots here. <laughs> I think what happened was, is that there wasn't enough representation or people that look like them. So there was an uncomfortable feeling sometimes where you're going to you're going to something that you don't already even know about right you know what it means to go to your primary care physician and get your evaluation even if they're white black you know whatever color it doesn't matter you know what it means you know what that's gonna look like but now you're telling me, okay, I'm about to go do some, get somebody to go stick some needles in me. I don't even know what the, what this is going to do. And I don't even know this person. Do they even speak? Even, yeah. You know, like, am I going to communicate? Is, you know, they're going to Right. Speak it's a whole thing. To, yeah. Do I need to know Chinese? So it's an overwhelming experience in a way, if you've already had some type of, or you've had to go to multiple doctors before and had to do all these different things. And now you're going to try, you know, you want to try. I know people that want to try it. They want to do it. They want to do it, but they, they're not close enough to see me and they don't feel comfortable seeing somebody else. And that's really the resistance to me is the unfamiliarity. It's not the fact. There's not enough access. Yeah. 
It's just, and the thing is that, yeah, I'll tell people how much it costs. And it's not even just like black people when I tell the people the cost. Like, I'm just saying across the board, sometimes you'll tell people how much it costs. And they're like, that seems really expensive. And, but then when you put it in perspective, it's like, actually, it's not actually your health, right? To what you're already spending. Actually, it cost it over time. It would cost you less. Start maintaining your health now, before you get to a place to where you have to mm-hmm. put down. You know, you have to spend so much money on a. You know, before you re- reach your deductible, in order to get this care that right. you this urgent care that you now need. So. I think it's just exactly but think about what you just did mm-hmm. well not what you just did but think about like when you discovered your diagnosis for your autoimmune disease yeah. if you had have gone through chemo or radiation or whatever it was going to be for your thyroid mm-hmm. or gotten surgery for the thyroid like right. this is thousands of dollars now that is now that's adding well, up this is thousands of dollars for that and but then what does it mean over time now that I've gotten that procedure what does it mean over time now I have to take, I have to mm-hmm. take, there's not even an option anymore. I have to take this, some type of medicine right. to that is going to replace mm-hmm. what was lost. Then what the thyroid was doing. Yeah. Then it's possible that something else in my body most likely will go out because I don't have an, that I'm missing a part now. So now something mm-hmm. else has to work harder to do its job it's just like mm-hmm. in your car you know if like right. if you're I would like I don't even really my dad is he works he's worked on cars all his entire life I should know these terms by now anyway mm-hmm. he, <laughs> <if> <laughs> the is going out right your battery or something is going to go it's going to run down faster so it's it, you know, mm-hmm. I, hate, you know mm-hmm. I, I, that's, I just have to use those comparisons because I think it's easy right to, but it makes more sense to just replace your battery every couple years and make sure you're keeping up with that maintenance than it is to like get your whole car like overhauled and you know having to change all these different parts of it because you let this one thing run down till it's not functional anymore basically that's how that if if I can help with the metaphor (laughs) so in essence yes there is an awakening happening right now I think there's always yeah. been an awakening. I think people have always been awake to it. I just think that there was an issue with access, knowledge, understanding. It's not mainstream. It's not something you don't see this on TV every day. You don't turn on TV and see da 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 acupuncture da 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 this come and get to acupuncture. Right. We got all these Instead medical shows. Right. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Ac- <laughs> You know, I don't turn on TV and go like Grey's Anatomy and see somebody doing acupuncture. So it's like, I don't know what that is. Is that even Mm -hmm. real? Is it real? Is it? it, I don't know. Like, I didn't even know. Right. And it's crazy. Right. But that's crazy because, yeah, like it's not in your face. So Mm -hmm. you don't know it's a thing. Like, I do kind of hate that about life sometimes that people think that stuff does not exist because they don't see it every day because it's not on their timeline and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But, yeah, it's true. People don't make shows about it. People don't see it in the media. It's just this random weird. That's why I think that's why I was associating it with like alternative air quote, alternative medicine. Right. Because it's like this different thing you do. But that's just not what it is. It's the it's it's more the original and we just don't get to see it as often. 
Right. And so, yeah, and going back to that alternative medicine term, it's just a term used to just kind of put, in a way, it just puts what we do in a box because it's like, oh, that's just what they do. We're not really checking to even learn about it. This is just some hocus pocus, fairy tale medicine. You know, we don't know. That's not real. <laughs> it's we not don't know real. her. We don't know her. Facts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's fake. Literally. We don't know it. Honestly. Yeah. And so, that, like, sometimes when people say, and, it, and I'm not even talking about you, but sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, that's just alternative medicine. It's like that. That's like, that's like a, that's a loaded term too. It's like very triggering because it's just like, oh, they didn't go to, like, they don't know what they're talking about. This is how that what we do across. is real. What y'all do is we don't even know. Like y'all just over there mixing up herbs. Like they're really going to mm-hmm. help. Uh, you're probably, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, crushing up rocks. Just make it seem so like, <laughs> yeah, like y'all are probably just crushing up rocks. We don't even know rock soup. <laughs> it's like that is like really it goes funny. back to like but i can the, imagine people think that yeah it goes back to like the snake oil thing you know it's just snake oil and it's like no it's not like people are actually creating long-term solutions for their health by doing what you say is alternative but but when you do that you're dismissing a whole culture of people a whole is what it is yeah right? That's what it is. There's a whole culture of people, a giant culture of people. Like he said, it's just Eastern. It's a yeah. whole other half of the, the oh, earth, oh, yeah. the whole like, sphere, right? Yeah. That they they do this yeah. and it's the norm. It's not the alternative, again, right. air quote. It's, that's not right. It's like that's oh, true. only oh, because it's like what, you only know one thing that happens in the United States. So you're just going to dismiss that. So with this whole most of the world is doing what you call what you're what they're saying is alternative most of the world is doing that in really because if you go to mexico people know what Mm -hmm. acupuncture is you go to south america they know what acupuncture is you go to Mm -hmm. you know even to canada they're doing acupuncture you go to uk you go to any other continent any other country They're doing acupuncture. It's not this weird foreign idea. It's not weird foreign. They're doing homeopathy. They're, you know, using herbs. They're doing all this stuff, living off the land, growing their own stuff. (laughs) Mostly. I'll say that mostly. Right. Right. That is really interesting. The other thing, so all together, understanding this whole concept a lot, a lot more. The other thing you talk a lot about is for for women and, Mm -hmm. and womb health. We have this whole other ecosystem that happens in our bodies um, mm-hmm. with having the ability to carry and bear children, right? How does the natural medicine and the womb, how do those go together? Because I know you talk about those all the time. Like, what is the idea there? Right. So when we talk about the womb, we have to talk about a lot of different issues. So starting off, we have to start off with the emotional and the spiritual aspect. Not only, so when somebody presents, they come in and they're having issues because that's usually what's, I mean, when I see somebody, 
for mm-hmm. that. They they they're having issues. They either have fibroids, right. they have um, you know irregular periods, heavy periods, no period, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or they're having issues getting pregnant. Which if you have menstrual issues, you're gonna have you're most likely gonna have some issues with fertility. So we have to talk about this emotional and spiritual. So I have to ask them, have you had any trauma? Is there any abuse? Have you had sexual abuse? Have you had any mental abuse? Well, you have to go to, or even if there wasn't abuse involved, there could be some other traumas that, that happen. Anytime a woman has had trauma, she stores, you, she most likely stores it in the womb area. That's a protective mechanism. Mm. So, you know, it's an open space already. And it's a good gauge of the health of a woman too. So if the menstrual cycle is going regularly, the color is, you know, the colors are nice red color coming out every month, no clots, no cramps. That's a good sign of health. That's telling us that things are going the right way in that aspect. So if, the, so if you're not having a good quality menstrual cycle, you're not going to have your womb. There's something going on. And mm. What I aim to do is to help, for one, discuss those things and help them help move out any products from those traumas. So when, you know, we're talking about fibroids, that could be a product from trauma, you know, actually literally storing pieces of tissue, you know, the tissue is just balling up and it's just, you know, just things growing, you know, mostly benign, but it's it's telling us that some, things are growing. Yeah, things are growing and it's not in the it's not in the right direction. Why is this happening? And even if the person is coming in with these issues never had any trauma that they can think of, maybe their mom did in utero. Maybe their grandmother did. There's some familial ancestral things that can happen too. So that's another thing that we have to discuss. So it's not just right, you mentioned I'm not, the congenital stuff earlier. Yeah, I'm not just going to just focus on just that. If it comes up, I'm going to, we're going to talk about it. I'm at least going to try to talk about it with that person. Uh, you know, there's some things I've found out with certain people that I've worked with. I had a patient that had fibroids and I, you know, she ended up telling me that she did have trauma and that was probably in it. The fibroids came after that incident happened. And that's how we knew we pinpointed because I, you know, I go through the history and I go through the questions. When did this happen to you? What, and then when this happened, what was happening around that time? So then we were able to say, okay, that's where it started. Now we need to get you on a path of finding out how do you either deal with that? Do you need to talk to a therapist to, you know, get this, done do you need counseling Mm -hmm. as well as what you know I'm going to help with on my side but there's that Uh so it's a you know and I can even use Reiki you know I forgot to tell y'all I do Reiki as well I'm a Reiki oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so we can even do Reiki which is an energy healing you're basically when I'm doing Reiki it's like laying of hands on someone and I'm providing a space where the universal energy source energy god energy whatever you want to call it comes through me as a practitioner i'm just a vessel i'm holding space for that person for that inner that universal healing energy to come through and go to that person that's all i'm doing 
I'm not the one, per, I am not the one sending it. It's not coming from my body. I am the vessel. But we can do those things as well. We can do Reiki for a womb, for the healing, mm-hmm. or for whatever else has happened around that. Mm-hmm. But as far as that goes, when somebody comes to me for this, for an issue with, you know, fertility, with menstrual cycle, even if they don't want to get pregnant, you still need to have all your fertile signs because that's still fertility, health, you know, good fertility right. is a sign of good health, even if you don't want to get pregnant. Because now what you can do is if, in what I tell patients that are not looking to get pregnant, I can say now you can actually use this as a guide to know if you're, you can say, well, I don't need to have sex during this time because this is my fertile time. So you don't even have to use birth control. Mm-hmm. So now you're in tune with your right, body. So right. much. The more yeah, body that is. you know when is the right time to have sex and when it's not. Either way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my aim is to teach women how mm. to be in touch with their bodies so much so that they wow. know that they don't have to use birth control, you know, hormonal birth control, because that's that's very dangerous right. for us. You know, right, know, right, right. I know somebody Especially has to long use term. It. Yeah, long term use. I know if you have to use it, you have to use it, whatever. But it's it should not be something that you should be on for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You shouldn't be on it for the majority of your childbearing years because that's what I'm seeing exactly. a lot now. I have women that have been on birth control since they were 15, since the moment their cycle went nuts. <laughs> which was usually mm-hmm. your cycle is not very put very well put together when you first start having it to begin with but they get they you know the it was so painful when they were teens that you know the their guy you know their doctor was like well this is the only thing that's going to happen for you like we have to put you on this and but you know that wasn't the only mm-hmm. thing that they could use but that was what they knew at the time so now they've been on this until well into their thirties and now they want to get pregnant because of course, you know, college, they wanted to make sure they didn't get pregnant during college. And now Obviously. they want to get pregnant. And now we got to, we got to detox. Now we, have now to, we have problems. Now at this age, yeah. we have a problem. Yeah. I'm worried about the exact same thing, girl. Cause I'm like, dang, if I decide to be a mom, I'm going to be an older mom. They're going to tell me I'm going to have a geriatric pregnancy. I've been on birth control. <laughs> never had a pregnancy scare that's that's risky like all the things like all the things yeah and that's the thing too like we put so much fear into our womb so we go through being scared 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 i'm going to be pregnant i'm going to get pregnant and now you get to your 30 20 you know late 20s early 30s even 40s and you're like shit i want to get pregnant (laughs) right now i'm scared i'm not going to get pregnant and it's just all the fear there's fear again And it blo- it's a literal block because if we don't, you know, if we don't clear those emotions surrounding even that part, what child wants to come through that portal? When you talk about all women, all, all has of this to address negative this. emotion. Yes, you, the spiritual aspect has to be addressed, period. I don't care if you're religious, mm-hmm. you, whatever, or not, it has to be addressed. Definitely. That's really wild. That's a, the. I'm glad I we mentioned that because I do think that's just a really interesting 
an important aspect that maybe isn't thought about very much or, you know, not considered when it comes to the health of your body, like specifically, because I just feel like, you know, women's bodies are so funny, you know, they're Mm -hmm. so funny. So the fact that things could stem from there or really affect that area makes sense to me. Like it's just, it's Mm -hmm. a part of, it's a part of your body. It's going through this cycle every month. If the cycle's not right and healthy, like it's set up to do it a certain way. And like, you know, so I could a hundred percent see that being a big, something that is really affected by our overall health everywhere else. Right. So moving into some, you know, some tips and tricks and advice and stuff for people now that we kind of have a really good understanding of the concepts behind this type of medicine and this type of work. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, what do you feel like you notice makes the biggest difference in someone's health like when it comes to your you know your methods and your methodology what makes the biggest difference well the main thing is that connection that I have with the patient it's like when they tell me their story and I ask them how did you get to this point tell me about yourself first what do you do mm-hmm. and how did this happen to you so when I'm listening to a story and then when I you know when I let them finish and I tell them, okay, this is what I see. When we have a connection where we both understand, when they understand that I now know or I get what's happening to them, that is like one of the greatest things that can help them move forward in a way because now they're like, okay, I'm a lot of the times patients are coming to me after being having seen multiple specialists and they can't figure out what's going on and things keep changing they can't eat anything anymore because you know every time they eat something they're triggered you know something like that or they've Mm -hmm. had fertility issues for years and they don't know why so once we sit down I tell them okay I get what's going on with you this is how we're going to get from this point to your goal that makes the biggest difference when they're able to see that somebody finally understands what they're going through and somebody finally has a plan for them. But also you have to do your part. And so when they're told that, okay, you have homework to do, or you have a part in this too. I, when I tell them I'm the facilitator, I'm just here to guide you through this. I'm your guide. I am not making you better. You're going to make yourself better. So I have to empower them. So once they feel empowered, that is when they are able to go forward. And the change happens. Yeah, the change happens because they did it. (laughs) I I tell them, I can't make you come to these appointments. I can't make you take your herbs. I can't make you follow the, the, the food therapy plan that we talked about. I can't make you do the movement. I can't make you do anything. I come here and I put the needles in and I tell you what to do. But if you don't do it, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's really interesting. You know why? That is wild to me for a few reasons. One, because in school, like when I was going, getting my counseling degree, that was one of the things that they always talk about. The research says when people are making progress, air quote, mm-hmm. progress in therapy is not necessarily because of any particular methodology that you're using. Right. There's all these different kinds. One is not necessarily better than the other. It is the connection with mm-hmm. the therapist, the connection with their practitioner that makes the biggest difference. And I don't know who's doing the research, obviously. So, you know, there's always question marks with that. That just concept always stuck with me, though, right. regardless. Right. 
that it's the connection between me and you. If our connection is there and you feel like I see you Mm -hmm. and you feel safe with me, that's Mm -hmm. how you make movement. It's not, it doesn't matter if you go to a, you know, you go to a cognitive behavioral therapist or a narrative therapist, or you're going to a psychoanalytic therapist, like all that, all that other shit don't matter. If you have the connection with me and you feel comfortable with me. So -hmm. that's really interesting that you say that, like when they understand that you understand them and you see them and what they're going through, that's when they start making moves. That's a really big deal. But then too, like you said, they have to do their own work. Like, I can't go home with you. I can't watch you and stand over your shoulder and make sure you're taking these herbs and doing what you're supposed to do. I cannot. So it's like, that's kind of a big deal as well. That it's like, it doesn't stop here. That same quick fix, that like immediate satisfaction culture of, you know, nowadays where it's like, I, that's, that's not my job. My job is to, is to give you the tools, but then you have to go and use the tools. Right. Exactly. Crazy. I love that. I think that's amazing, though, on its own. So the other thing I want to know is on the platform here, we talk about wellness. That's kind of why I have you here in the first place. Right. Because holistic well-being. And I right, I talk to my clients a lot about these 12 dimensions of wellness and, you know, working through each one, making sure we're looking for balance. We're finding balance where we off track. That's kind of my methodology with them. So for you in your life or maybe even just in your practice, whichever, which ones do you feel like are most relevant or one or multiple, whatever, what's most relevant to you at this stage in your life and with your own journey? Well, I would definitely say the, there was a few that stuck out to me, but it's the spiritual, environmental, and the cultural for me. Because with the spiritual side- That's an interesting combination. It is, because it's like, I don't know, it's, I mean, all of Mm -hmm. them, are you know they're meeting on these very I mean like if you put them all together that's a whole whole person holistic thing you can see something happening for sure for sure but when I put these three together environmental and cultural it's like okay I have to in order to do the job that I do I have to be in the right space spiritually um of course and even emotionally spiritually emotionally right environmental I have to create, you know, the space that I want and that I also have to create this place to where I feel safe and I feel like I can do my, do my duty, my job, what I said I came here to do. And then with the cultural part is that I just want to put what I do and make it like a mainstream thing you know, like put that into the culture, you know, put that into what people think about or what people do, not just seeing me even, you know, but creating like these concepts, like not just you, but these ideas, like connecting people that work in this field together. And also I've had people reach out to me. Congratulations. (laughs) That's really cool. Right, because you be out there, you be out in the back, girl. I'm telling you, I be seeing your stuff. So there's like a cultural aspect to that. It's like, you know, being the change that I want to see. So a lot of things are coming full circle. So there's like cultural and that environmental thing. Like, it's like, I want to see, this is what I want to see in my environment. So I have to be the one to create it. And then 
the people will come they'll show up and put that energy out there you just have to put the energy out there and they're so they'll show up because Mm -hmm. yeah because when i I, absolutely yeah it's like when i learned that i could literally create anything i wanted it's like all this like my mind just like all the little the little shackles i had on my mind just blew off (laughs) say that say that part like once you realize the sky is actually the limit like the sky is the like there's no boundary like there's no rules you can do whatever the fuck you want to do it's wild once you have that realization like i can do whatever i want doing like because i feel like i was in a mold like you know going back to and that that was just for me personally when I was said, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to be a medical doctor. Not, you know, if I have a lot, like almost all the people that I went to school with are, and I now talk to, and I know they are medical doctors. There's nothing wrong with that, but it was, you had a different assignment. You know what I mean? Your assignment was different. Yes. What I do now has allowed me to create this, to resonate with these things, the spiritual environmental and cultural thing that I wanted to do that I felt comfortable with, that I, that made me feel safe, that made me feel whole. Exactly. That's amazing. That is really amazing. I'm glad. I'm glad you fought it and put it on hold and press pause so that you could like be on the journey you were supposed was, to be on. It was some hot mess express days, but I made it. <laughs> For I real. But, God. but no, but you had, you had an assignment. You had an assignment and now you have been able to complete the assignment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, okay. To wrap it up for the Mm -hmm. people, tell me please like your absolute best piece or pieces of advice for anyone that's on a wellness journey, on a healing journey. Maybe they're just starting. Mm -hmm. What are your key major keys for them? Well, they need to start off with affirmations every single day. <laughs> oh, come on, affirmations. Come on, grounding. So, yeah, they start off with like, their, what, like well, so when you get up, you know, you when you rise, like when you get up, okay, you got to start off with your day saying, I am healthy for one. And you just say that. If you can say that every day, yes, everything else starts to fall in line because that's how we're going back to that creation thing. Then, even if you say, well, I can't quite afford all these different holistic treatments yet, all this stuff. Okay, whatever. I get it. Depending on where you are in life, you might be in school, you might, you know, have a financial hardship going on, you have to pay for a lot of stuff right now, you just can't see it through yet. But there's some things you still have to realize, okay, you're still in control of your health. So you start doing, you know, you clean up your diet if it's not clean go ahead and switch over to organic foods. Do that. These little things, just switch over to organic foods, organic products, Mm. your environment, a a wellness geared based environment first. So start with your environment, start with your house, start with, say, okay, say for instance, if you eat fast food all the time, more than, you know, one time a week, every day, whatever, say, okay, I'm gonna stop fast food. Just stop that. That will even turn you around. If you have to, if all those favorite things that you like to eat now that you have to cook them on your own, that might make you consider like, you know, 
you know, like, okay, maybe I'm not going to eat that because now I have to make it myself. So start putting- Right. So maybe I'll just eat good food instead of, instead of trash food. And I mean, (laughs) just drinking enough water, you know, filtered water, not bottled plastic water. Yes. Just, just start changing the things that you like, change the stuff that you know you can change right now. And then everything, like literally everything will fall Mm -hmm. in line. So mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're going to have, you're going to create the situation yeah. where you're going to have money. You'll have income to see these practitioners that you want to see to keep continue to help you out because mm-hmm. now you're making space for your wellness. Now you're putting your oh, energy into your wellness. So you have to do that first. Right. So- Make space for it. Yeah, Maybe that's the key. People yeah. aren't even making space then, for their wellness. That's, that's, that's what it is. Like I've had people come in. So my prices right now, my initial fee is two twenty five. dollars I spend an mm-hmm. hour and a half with you. And then follow-ups are $95. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. that's a roadblock for people because they're like, well, I'm doing this, this, and that. I don't have money for this. But it's like, okay, you just said, you just put it out in the universe. I don't have money for this. Now it knows. Yeah. Now the universe knows what you want to now not have money. the universe knows that, that you, you don't want to have any money. You don't want to do this anymore. You make space, you make money, you literally generate whatever you want to see. So I've even told people, I was like, if you can't see me but once a month, do that. Start That's off better. With that. Even though it's not the ideal situation, even if you can only see me every other week. Because when, I, when we first start with treatments right. and things like that, it's always better. I always tell people, we need to start, we need to be consistent the more treatments you have together, so if I can see you every week for this 10 treatment cycle, you're gonna see the difference way quicker than if you came in once a month. Mm-hmm. Once a month is like, you feel good, but if you don't go home right. and do the work in between right. that time, it's not gonna be beneficial. But if that's all I can see, 100%. once a month, a month. If I can only see you every other week, stay consistent. So that's the thing, be consistent. So. I'll just kind of go mm-hmm. back. So what do we say? So create your space, do your affirmations, <laughs> create that space. Yeah. Because when I started my own wellness journey, I was like, okay, now this is what I have to do in my budget. What I know that I can afford. Okay. I'm not going to go mm-hmm. to the nail shop as much as I used to anymore. Mm-hmm. So, no more acrylics. Yes, I you know I took off the acrylics, you know stuff like that, so that I could afford the things that I knew was going to put me in a better position. Like there was things I needed to work on for my health in order, so I wouldn't have to take medication anymore because I don't take medication anymore. I support you. So I was like, okay, in order for me to do this, I gotta cut this off because if this <laughs> is this really helping me, no. Right. Not to the capacity that I needed to help. Can I actually do this for myself? Yes. Let me move that out the way. And now I've already opened up some money that I can use, that I can circulate to increase my health. Right. <laughs> so you just ha- like, if you want something bad enough, it's going to happen. I am in full agreement. That's really wild. I appreciate your presence here today, Jordan. This has been such a blessing on my life. I know. And like re-energized and I'm like. Ready to go. Right. Like I'm going to go throw away those old bananas and like get some organic bananas. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like, and even just, just now when you mentioned the bottled water and I was like, you know, that's amazing. I don't drink bottled water. Like I don't even, I mostly don't drink it for like the plastics. I don't want to throw away too much plastic, yeah. but it's like, also, you know, the plastic has stuff in it and all that. And I don't have time. I just want my regular, my water out the faucet. I'm a water out the faucet kind of girl. I've been that way my whole life. Like, just just make it taste right. That's it. And just, but don't put, take it out. The, I don't want the bottle. Get you a good like, I don't want that. I'll drink it out the sink. Just get you a good Right. Filter. I will drink it out the sink. I do not want that bottle. That is so funny to me that you said that because I do not believe in such things. I hate when people give me bottles of water, but just in general, like I do feel really good that you, <laughs> that you like put, brought all these things to light and like really brought some education and, and understanding. And maybe like, like you said, hopefully the awakening is here. We just need more people that look like us that we can feel comfortable around to yeah. be our practitioners and be our, our, our wellness professionals. Right. So right. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So well, how do people look for you and work with you? And if they want to schedule an appointment and they're in Houston, like, what do we do? Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm in Houston. I practice at Phoenix Rising Integrative Medicine with yes. Dr. Lori Early. She's a clinic owner, but I work with her. We work together really, and we see mostly uh, women's health cases. But, I mean, you know, I'm not discount anybody because when it comes to you know the fertility side we need both we need both men and women to come in you know they're the ones that are going to be producing this child anyway but you can find me at you can look on you can go to the website www.phoenixrisingacu.com and I'm in the River Oaks area and if you are not in Houston if you're not even close to Houston you can still go to their website and book you a, a virtual visit and we can do a virtual wellness visit and we can discuss what nice. you know, what your health goals are and how we can get there wow yeah. fabulous well thank you so much and then socials can we find you on the socials as well oh yes so you can look me up on i'm mainly on instagram i do have youtube but you can type in i have a point for that yeah, mainly on Instagram. I do. Ha I'm on Facebook too. As I have a point for that. Facebook, eh. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Instagram, it's easier to like communicate. Like if you, you know, if somebody has like a quick question or something, or but you know what, I'm faster on the email. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can hit me up through email as well, and I will. So my email. Well, well, I will put links and everything for the people also. Yes. Yes. Well, Nady, I really appreciate you. Of course, you're one of my sores. So yeah. I appreciate you reaching out to me and opening up this Definitely. space for me as well. And, and uh, I really appreciate what you do for all of us. Oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully we will chit chat soon maybe there's some more stuff we can do together slash i'll probably just come see you for services <laughs> again and we yes. will see you know we'll, yes, we'll stay connected i appreciate it thank you so so much you're welcome